at Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, and I have changed the lesson once again. I changed from the original lesson that I was going to preach this morning to another lesson, and in light again of everything that has transpired over the course of the last two days, I felt it would be helpful for us to think for a little bit about the blessings of dying in the Lord. I don't know if a better scripture than Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, where John said, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. We have been touched by numerous deaths over the past few years here at Olive Branch. And, well, they've all been difficult. But it seems to me that when people that are older in life step out into eternity and they have lived a faithful life, it's much easier to deal with. It's much easier to cope with. And yet when someone so young dies, it can be so devastating. I was talking to Billy a minute ago. Many of our young people here, not all, but many, have never lost a peer. And so this is something new for them. And there's really not a lot that can be said to walk you through the emotions and the feelings that you have right now. But with God's help, we will get through it. And we will get through it as a family. I said this morning that we loved Andrew. I meant that. Not only did we love Andrew, but we love Eddie. And we love his family. And we're so thankful for them. I want us to look at this passage, passage of Scripture and think about the implications the blessings of dying in Christ. I want to begin by talking for just a moment or two about the passing, the separation that occurs at death. Again, John wrote, blessed are the dead. Someone has said in days gone by that the old will die and the young do die and that's so true none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow James said in chapter 2 verse 26 of his book that the body without the spirit is death 
there is a separation of the physical body and the soul, the spirit, that inward man. It occurs at death. The Bible talks a lot about the brevity of life. And we think about those that have been blessed to live, to be 60, 70, 80, 90 years of age, and how blessed they are and how blessed they have been to live in many respects what we would call a full and complete life. But Job said, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The psalmist in Psalm 90 talked about the brevity of life. He said that it might be our good fortune to live, to be threescore and ten years of age. We might reach fourscore years. In other words, we might live to be 70 or 80. But he said, our time here on earth is filled with strength, sorrow, and labor. And then he said, it is soon cut off and we fly away. And so in light of that, the psalmist would advise us, so teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom, to realize that we don't have any guarantees. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 27 said, boast not of tomorrow. The reason being, who knows what a day may bring forth. James compared life to a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Death is always hard. Those that we love, that step out into eternity, there is a separation that occurs. A void. And so, somehow, some way, we have to come to grips with what has occurred. And to the best of our ability, with God's help, move forward. Eddie, I want you to know tonight, Andrew will not be forgotten. I promise you that. I think back to my teenage years and I lost peers. I think of two very special friends of mine that died so early. One was, one was 15. We were in the 10th grade. The other was 19. Both teenagers. And yet all the years that have passed, I still think of those guys all the time, almost every day. Years from now, there will still be in our heart a place for Andrew. We'll never forget him. But then I think about what John said in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. 
Here we want to talk about the place, the state, wherein we step out into eternity. John is writing to Christians. He's writing to encourage them because they are in the midst of terrible persecution. Some have been martyred. Some, no doubt, would, would die. And so John wants the saints of his era to know that those who have died in Christ, they are in a blessed state. There are really only two places that a person can die. Either one dies in Christ or out of Christ. I thank God that Andrew died in Christ. And that's exactly what Eddie said to me Friday morning. Thank God he was baptized. There are a lot of blessings that we enjoy in this life. And so often we take the blessings of life for granted. We take life for granted. And yet how, how often do we get confused when it comes to our values. What's important? What's really important is to live a Christian life. To choose to live a life of faith. Faith in Almighty God. The kind of faith that obeys, that lives in submission to the will of God. The Hebrew writer in chapter 11 talks about the great patriarchs of the past. And he spoke specifically about how these people lived by faith. In verse 13, he makes this statement. These all died in faith. I want to die in faith. I give thanks that Andrew died in faith. It's not easy rearing children. Children can break your heart, and yet they tug at your heart. I told Eddie something yesterday or Friday or maybe both days, and I meant what I said. And here's the gist of it. When children are born into this world, we have the responsibility of rearing them in Christ. Paul said that we are to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I understand that there are times when maybe we're not what we ought to be as parents. And we fail our children. We're not the example that we ought to be. We're not as instructive as we ought to be. As a single parent, Eddie sought to the best of his ability to have Andrew here when he was with him. And Andrew was here. I think about that little fella in Lane sitting on the front row. 
sitting beside me on Sunday night many, many times. I talked about how they were preachers in waiting. I have a picture that Andrew drew for me. If I recall, as a matter of fact, I've got it today of me standing in the pulpit in a suit. His impression of a preacher. But what I want us to understand is, as parents, we want to rear our children in the Lord. The psalmist talks about the blessings of being a parent. He said, blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. What an honor and blessing and privilege it is to be a parent to be a mama or a daddy. I think about the mother and grandmother of Timothy. The Bible tells us that they instructed young Timothy because Paul wrote, and that from a baby, from infancy, he said, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Andrew was born 17 years ago. And he, like every, every single child born into this world, came into this world pure. And I said to Eddie, our responsibility as parents, when we get those precious children in our hands, is to send them back home safe and sound, faithful to God. Do you remember the psalmist talked about that ancient warrior? And, as he, said, and he said, as arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior, a mighty man, he takes those arrows and that bow, he points at a target and he launches that arrow as a parent, our goal is to see our children in heaven. I said to Eddie, you did your job. God gave you a son, and you sent him back home. He's with God now. Now, was Andrew perfect? No. But who is? But I know this. He obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ almost three weeks ago. He was baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins. He confessed the name of Jesus before those present on that occasion. He went down into that watery grave of baptism and he arose to walk in newness of life. He only lived three weeks in Christ. But I want you to listen very carefully. Those were three important weeks because they were lived in Christ. That's the difference. That is the difference in everything. To die in Christ. Those who die in Christ, 
they rest from their labors. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. John said, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. When we step out into eternity, those of us who belong to the family of God, we go to a place that is called paradise. Paradise is the abode of the righteous. Do you remember Jesus while hanging on the cross? Many insults were cast into his face. The thieves that were crucified, one on each side, they too hurled their insults into the face of the Son of God. But over the course of time, one of the thieves began to soften. He began to see in Jesus something different. He acknowledged to the other thief, he said, we indeed justly suffer for our deeds. But he said, this man, he's done nothing amiss. And so he said, Lord, Remember me when you come in your kingdom. And here's what Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now you have to understand that Jesus had power on earth to forgive sins, Mark 2, verse 10. Jesus forgave that man and just as he promised, took him home to paradise. In Luke 16, we read of the, of the rich man and Lazarus. And the Bible speaks of their contrasting fate. The Bible says that Lazarus, a poor beggar, was carried by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. I want you to know that early Friday morning, the angels bore the spirit or soul of Andrew to the bosom of Abraham. And he'll do like, they'll do likewise for us as well when we come to the end of the road here upon earth. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It was said of Lazarus in Luke 16, 25, that he was comforted. Those who die in Christ are in a place of rest. They're in a place of comfort. We might use the word bliss. I'm not sure that I can fully comprehend everything involved in that abode called paradise. But I know that's where I want to go. And I know that all those who die in Christ, that's where they will stay, reside, until Jesus comes. So we can take heart and comfort 
in knowing that our loved ones who die in Christ, they're in paradise. There's a fourth thing I want you to see in our study. Listen again as John writes, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works. Follow them. Our productivity, our service in the kingdom. The beauty of being a child of God is we have the opportunity, the privilege of serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. The Hebrew writer said in the long ago that God is not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love. God will reward our faithfulness. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when the Apostle Paul went to great lengths to authenticate the resurrected Christ? And he said, on the basis of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we too have the hope of being resurrected from the grave. And he said that if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is vain, our faith is vain, and he said, we're still in sin. We are of all men most pitiable or miserable. The bottom line, we would have no hope. But Jesus broke the bonds of death. The Bible says he destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not vain, in the Lord. Aren't you grateful to know that a life lived for the Lord Jesus Christ is not lived in vain? I don't care if a person has been in Christ one day, ten days, one year, ten years, ten years or fifty years. God will bestow on the faithful the crown of righteousness. Jesus himself said, be faithful until death. The promise being the crown of life, Revelation 2, verse 10. A lot of blessings in life, but no greater blessing than dying in the Lord. When I think about people that have died in Christ, one of the things that strikes me is this is what that person lived for. They obeyed the gospel in recognition of the fact that Jesus loved them. He died for their sins. He wanted them to be in a safe condition and he wanted them to be in heaven. When we obey the gospel of Christ, we obey that gospel with the intent of being faithful so that one day we'll be together in heaven. One day Jesus will come 
The Bible says that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. And he said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the air to meet the Lord. And he said, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I know that words seem so inadequate in expressing to people that have lost loved ones our sympathy. I do know that as Christians, we have the responsibility of weeping with those that weep and rejoicing with those that rejoice as a family we're here to be supportive of one another in no way would I ever want anyone to think that we are minimizing the loss of other saints that we have lost in this church this is unique in the sense that Andrew was so young and our young folks are dealing with death, some for the very first time. Andrew would want us to be faithful until death. I promise you one thing, there's coming a day known only to God in which the redeemed of all ages will once again be together. What a great day that'll be. Life here. Sometimes it seems so brief, and then there are other times when we think life is so long. It's over before you know it. We're young, then we're old. We'll be with Andrew before you know it if we're faithful. I want to read for you a passage that I believe ought to give all of us comfort and hope. I want you to look with me, if you would, at Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1, here's what John said. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. 
And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. When we lose our loved ones, those who have died in Christ, we ought to take comfort in knowing they're beyond the sorrows and the heartaches, the trials and the tribulations of this life. They'll never touch them again. And one day we'll all be together in heaven. That beautiful place that is described as incorruptible, it's undefiled, it fades not away. We'll all be together forevermore. There will be no more parting, no more separations. Let me just say this. Death came into the world because of sin. And we have to deal with death because of sin. Sometimes it's easy for people to shake their fist at God and ask why. If you want to be mad at somebody, if you want to hate somebody because of death, hate the devil. Because the devil is the culprit. The devil is the reason we're in this mess. He deceived Mother Eve and Adam. As a result of that, death has made its way into the human family. It has been a blight on the human family, and we have had to deal with it time and again. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ has destroyed him that has the power of death. And one day the devil and his cohorts will be cast into the lake of fire and will be with God and his people forevermore. I hope and pray that one day we're all together in heaven and we can talk about all the good times. Maybe talk about the struggles. But you know what? When we get to heaven, everything that we've been through here on planet Earth, we'll say it was worth it. Heaven will be worth it all. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you love us and care for us. We're thankful for your word, for the comfort that we derive as we read and study your holy word. And we're so grateful for the provisions that are for those of us who are in Christ. And Father, our hearts hurt when we lose those that we love so much. Our hearts are hurting tonight because we loved Andrew. And he's no longer with us. 
Father, we pray that you would comfort our hearts. We ask your richest blessings on Eddie, on Bruce, Wendy, and Lane. Father, we know that one day, by running successfully the Christian race, we will be reunited once again. Father, we want to be in heaven, and we pray that everything that we say and do will be done with that in mind. We ask your richest blessings on us. Bless us at this time as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you're not a child of God, I want to encourage you to think very seriously about becoming a Christian tonight. Why leave here in an unsafe condition? Here's what you need to do. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. Why not repent as they did on Pentecost? They were instructed by Peter to repent and then to be baptized for the remission of their sins. 3,000 people, some 3,000 people obeyed the gospel on that day. God added them to the church. And the beauty of being in the church is that those who are in the church are a part of the saved, Ephesians 5.23. Maybe you're here tonight and your life is off track. You're not where you ought to be as a child of God. The beauty of being a part of God's family is we can pray together. We can pray with you and for you with the full assurance that God will abundantly pardon. James said, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. We would be happy to pray with you and for you tonight as we stand and sing.